asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're talking about how retirement investing is simpler than you think. Joel, how's it going? Good, man. I got to fill you in on something before we get in any further. Before we get started. Yeah, so there's this funny story. We're eating dinner tonight as a family. Uh, with my wife and my two girls, four and a half and two and a half. And my four and a half year old said, uh, I want a tattoo. Mommy, when can I get a tattoo? And mommy responded when you're 18. Uh, <laughs> and she said, but what if... Good answer. What would you want to get if you get a tattoo now? And my two and a half year old, guess what she said? No clue. Poop. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty awesome. And she was like, that reinforces the fact that you do not have the decision-making <laughs> skills to get a tattoo. Oh, my gosh. So I thought that, that was pretty funny. Man, just let her do it. See what happens then. The poop emoji on her arm like for the rest of her life. Oh. So all of a sudden, it got way cuter in my mind. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if it's got like a little smiley face on it, sure. Yeah. That's, that's way better. I guess it wouldn't be all that bad. Maybe I'll take her out this weekend. We'll get tatted up. Do people say tatted up still? I don't know, but I do. Get tatted up. So Joel, our buddy Tim, texted you and I and said... <laughs> Stop whatever you're doing and listen to your podcast at halftime. So I took my right? hands off the wheel and I slammed into the car in front of me and I immediately took his, uh, followed his directions. So he said, listen to our last episode that we launched uh, about how to get a deal on craft beer. Yeah. He said, listen to it at half speed. And I'll, so, I'll, I'll be honest. When he, as soon as I saw that text, I was kind of like freaking out like, oh my gosh, what did we say accidentally <laughs> that you could only hear you know, in slow motion? It's like one of those Disney movie things. Yeah, where you, you play backwards and uh, sync it up to like Wizard of Oz. Yeah, or like there's <laughs> phallic symbols or something in, I think, yeah. in uh, Little Mermaid. So. And the flowers like 
but we had to play this for everyone. So here goes. Here's what we sound like at half speed. And especially considering we were talking about getting a deal on craft beer oh, yeah. <laughs> last week, it makes it sound even funnier. So take a listen. Yeah, I am glad that we were talking about this one, man. Beer is a key part of what we do. So I think it's about time that we dedicate an entire episode to craft beer. I agree. So most episodes, you don't have to be a craft beer aficionado to enjoy this podcast. And most episodes, we'll be talking about money in some way, form, or fashion, and today's no different. So I feel like we could listen to the oh whole thing, and uh, we'd probably crack I want to go back. Honestly, I want to go back and like listen to all of them at half speed now, <laughs> if only I had the time. Yeah, I know. That's good stuff. So it sounds like we're drunk and... Uh, right. Drunk slash high. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know which which is worse. Like that, that 70s show, the little circle that they used to do, you know, and the, the camera would go around the circle and film them. That's kind of what it feels like listening to us on half speed. Did you ever watch that? Sony? I mean, I guess you did. You watched oh, Yeah, that? dude. That was one of the best comedies of all time. I think, yeah, Kate was really into that. I never, I never got into it. All right. So let's get to today's beer. Uh, we are drinking not one, but two beers tonight. So Ironmonger Brewing out of Marietta, Georgia. So they're just up the street from where we live. Um, they kindly, I stopped in there the other day on my way up to my parents' house because I heard awesome things and my brother-in-law had actually um, let me have a little bit of taste of one of their IPAs and it was so ridiculously delicious. So I was stopping by to get some and I ended up talking to uh, the owner there and he's a super cool guy and yeah. he said, dude, have some and drink it on the podcast. So we are featuring the Ironmonger Anvil double IPA and their Damascus single IPA tonight. Nice. Oh and, man, I love doing the uh, like kind of a side by side comparison like that. You know, kind yeah. Of like a a B A B testing. So we're gonna A B test the Ironmonger IPAs and, side by um, side. I, I've had them both before. They're absolutely delicious. So I can't wait to to have them again and and for you to have them for the first time. Yeah. And these are packaged, by the way, in crowlers. So if you don't know what a crowler is, like for a while, uh, growlers were really cool. And I mean, they're still around. You can get a sixty four ounce essentially. Um, glass bottle and fill it up with beer crowlers are kind of the new thing uh, and you can get are these 32 ounces 32 ounces yeah. of beer in one can that they fill up with yeah, fresh beer they fill it on the spot right yep. in front of you and then they got their little canning machine and seals i mean it seals that lid right on there right so this beer is fresh as a baby's bottom yeah so I'm and, and when you have the giant can it's kind of nice it makes you feel like a little like a little kid and a baller too at the same time. <laughs> I'm holding this can and it's like fills up my whole hand. I'm pretty yeah, pumped about this. Pretty awesome. Actually, yeah, for you it's probably like to size. For me, it feels <laughs> giant because I've got like tiny hands. Oh, this feels like what a 12 ounce can feels like to everyone yeah. else. <laughs> All right, so we'll crack this. You can tell that the crawler has a distinct, distinct sound as well. You know, it doesn't have like that light, high pitched can. It sounds like you're opening a like a barrel, <laughs> a barrel of beer. I will say beautiful hop aroma just filled the freaking room. So yeah. two different IPAs, but already just distinctly different colors. But yeah, the, yeah, the uh, single IPA is definitely darker. The double IPA, which is the Anvil, uh, is lighter. So the Damascus is pretty good. Yeah, it's like creamy and smooth. It's, it's like, yeah, it's almost got like it's got a um, like a lactose. Like a lot of folks are doing some like lactose sugar in there. 
for an IPA, it's got this like really rich, creamy mouthfeel. It's a legit tasty IPA, Damascus from Ironmonger Brewing. Awesome beer. Uh, we get to do side by side now with the Anvil. But cheers, yeah, yeah, cheers on the Anvil. Oh my goodness. Mm. Yeah, the Anvil's like kind of one of those juice bombs, almost pretty much. Juicy, yeah, juicier, brighter. Still got a little bit of that like bitter through the center and on the back end of the beer, uh, but it it also retains that juiciness, so it doesn't finish like Brillo pad bitter or anything like that. Right. Yeah, it doesn't drink like a West Coast IPA where it just finishes really dry and kind of dries up in your mouth. Yeah, I kind of like how consistent it is the whole way through from sip to the way it rolls off the back of your tongue. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of this Anvil double IPA from Ironmonger. I, I feel like they're brewing one of the best IPAs in the Southeast, uh, this one right here. And I feel like they're already starting to kind of kind of see that in the orders ticking up uh, and... It's just a really popular beer, and I know know why after drinking a couple of them. It's just really, really tasty. And this is, man, a diamond in the rough right here, just outside of, of town, out of Atlanta. And, man, they're crushing it, dude. I, I really like this beer. It's a really small space, but real cute space. Definitely worth a visit to Ironmonger to get this beer. Yeah, is that their, is that their logo, I guess, right there? Yep. It's got the guy with like a... Like a blacksmith? Blacksmith hammer. Yeah. Ready to like lay down the law on some iron i guess <laughs> <laughs> that's like one of the roles that you can play on one of your when you're ultra nerdy board games oh that's right? probably true right yeah i guess in agricola or something yeah. there's got to be an ironmonger <laughs> at some point to to put the shoes on the horse all man all the choices you gotta have somebody doing that all right matt to the topic at hand retirement investing is simpler than you think ultimately when it comes down to it people want to make retirement investing hard and, and i don't think necessarily they like oh, please, let's make this arduous. But they make it harder than it should be. And so we want to give kind of a overview to help people understand that it is simpler than you think it is. And so we want to kind of give people some of the tools to go out there and invest with confidence, knowing that you're doing it properly. Yeah. And the, the biggest thing that makes it so complicated are the tax implications, right? Like the actual investing, it's not hard. You just, you open, a, you open an account, and then you decide what to buy and you buy it and that's it. <laughs> like that's literally, boom, you've invested, right? There's, yeah. like, it really can be that easy. It's just when you start taking into account and start trying to figure out the, you know, like the absolute best way to uh, work, work the tax system like in your favor as far as when you get a tax deduction. Um, and we'll get more into that, you know, as we, as we uh, get further into this episode. But that is the biggest difference uh, between some of these different retirement accounts which tends to make it a little more complicated. We're not going to spend a ton of time on that because we don't want to get bogged down with all the details of every single retirement account, but we're going to hit the high points and hopefully, yeah, point you guys in the right direction to, I mean, literally get investing tomorrow, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's really, I think of this as probably a show that's investing for the 90%. There might be 10% oh, yeah. of people out there that are either uber wealthy or just have nothing to invest right now. Um, and so those people... Uh, probably won't find a lot of use out of this podcast. But for the 90% out there, for most people in America, we think that this episode will help you kind of sort through things. Because I know sometimes just looking at what these accounts are called can feel like vegetable stew. Like, oh my goodness. Like, I, what's it's a lot of different letters. It's letters like, <laughs> and numbers. A lot of acronyms. Is that when you have like the letters? 
it can be confusing. Right? Yeah, and four hundred one k, which is literally named after the section of the like law, IRS tax law. Yeah, <laughs> and so you you would think like we could name it something that's like just as simple as hey, this is your pre tax account and this is your post tax account. Oh. Something that, that kind of way too easy, Joel. <laughs> simplifies <laughs> it for people, but because that doesn't exist, that's why we're here to try to help it, you sort through things. And I wanted to touch on the fact that there are some assumptions before you kind of open a retirement account and start investing in, in your retirement, which is you want to have some margin. And we touched on this before back when we talked, you know, when we touched on budgets as well, right? Yeah. That you want to make sure you kind of have some money set aside for emer- like a em- little emergency fund because you don't want to end up like me <laughs> uh, 12 years ago, I think it was maybe when, you know, I learned about re- the different retirement accounts and was told that like, oh, you got to do it now because every year earlier that you can do it, you know, it's just more exponential growth or more compounding growth, you know, down the road. So I was like, all right, <laughs> let's do this without knowing anything. And I opened a Roth IRA and started buying some stuff and I didn't know what I was doing, dude. Were you buying individual stocks? No. Okay. Yeah. So thank goodness I wasn't. But the next worst thing, what's ne- what's what do you think would be the next worst thing? Probably uh, you went somewhere that had ridiculously high fees. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. And I don't know if it, things were different, you know, 10, 15 years ago, but the word was that like, all right, it's a little bit more expensive, but if you got this rock star fund manager managing that fund, the mutual fund, well, man, he might get like anywhere between two and 5% better than like what the you know general market might, might do or what just kind of a standard index fund would do, which is, you know, a fund that's just representative of the entire market. I, so I, I say all that because I, I kind of learned that the hard way, which is that I got started too early too soon, you know, before I knew anything with what I was doing. And I was putting money into this account that I should have left alone. But because I was young and wasn't didn't have a stable financial footing, I had to kind of dip back into that and deplete it before it was able to do anything. So I say all that to, to say, this is great information once you kind of have an emergency fund set up and you're looking to basically figure out what to do next with your money, which is a great problem to have. So Matt, let's explain uh, what some of these retirement accounts are and how people can know which one they should be choosing mm-hmm. as they begin their investing. Well, yeah. So maybe like just broadly, like what what's like, how would you define just a retirement account? Like, cause I think people sometimes are like, oh, how does a retirement, is that like when you open up an account with like E-Trade, is that a retirement account or how, yeah. would, you, how would you define like a retirement account in general? Sure. Yeah. I would say that it is putting money in the stock market for the long haul that you will not touch until you retire. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I think like sometimes along the way, people, a lot of people want to tap their retirement accounts. Um, and there are a lot of consequences with that too. So if you're going to invest, make sure that it is invested broadly in the stock market for a long, long period of time that you are willing to not touch it. And that goes back to what you just mentioned being financially prepared. And so if if you're not ready to put this money away for the next 20 to 30 years, don't do it, right? <laughs> it should be in your savings account right now. Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking for something that's a little more liquid and you want to be able to say use something for maybe a down payment on a house soon or for like renovation or just whatever, something that's going to cost some money. You want to have that, yeah, like you said, in a like a higher yield savings account or checking account in general, not in the stock market. Okay, so we, we just talked about what retirement accounts are. So and you want to talk about some specific accounts then? Yeah. yeah so specific retirement accounts. There are two main types of retirement accounts that you will hear about 
all over the place and you have access to I will at least one of these <laughs> because everyone has access to uh, to some of these. So the IRA is one that you'll hear there's a regular IRA and there's a Roth IRA. And an, yeah, and the IRA is, I mean that's individual retirement account IRA. Yep. So this is one that literally no matter what you are, if you're self-employed, if you work for a large employer or a small employer, you have access to this on your own outside of any sort of employer relationship. You can open up your own IRA uh, and we'll get into the differences between the Roth and the regular. Um, and then the other main retirement account that you can choose is employer-based and yeah. that's the 401k. And a lot of people that's the easiest thing to get into because sometimes your employer even automatically enrolls you in your 401k at work. Which I think is brilliant. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. I wish I could remember the story, but yeah, basically employers started doing that. They started switching it to where you had to, instead of opt in to contribute to your 401k, you had to opt out. Different companies were trying to find ways to basically incentivize their employees to save more because they're like, dang it, like, why aren't they saving? <laughs> why are they saving money? Because you know the future of Social Security isn't that great, and it's up to us. You know, it's up to us as individuals. Employers can provide, can kind of dangle that carrot, but employees weren't actually signing up, and they, yeah, they made that switch to where you had to opt out of saving for your four hundred one k, and nobody did. Yeah, <laughs> so they're like enrolled, saving money for you know the, for the future. And all because they kind of did a little flip-flop there, which I think is brilliant. It turns out money is incredibly psychological. And so whatever you can do to force yourself into savings, to trick your brain into making it less painful, and that's a way that your employer kind of tricks you into doing it, right? But money for me even is incredibly psychological. And sometimes a forced method of forgetting that I'm making income over here or over there can be really helpful. And, you know, at some point we'll do a, a whole episode just on the psychology of money because that's an interesting topic. I like how you separated the two main accounts that we're going to talk about, though. Like, basically, like you said, 401k and IRA. 401k being employer-based retirement account because it's offered through your employer or your IRA, which anybody can have, like you, like you said. Yeah. And so let's start with the 401k. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. 
Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs. And it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Roughly half of Americans have access to a 401k at work. So, and most employers offer a match on your contributions. And your 401k contributions come directly out of your paycheck before you even see it. So speaking of psychology, (laughs) that's not, you don't have to do a thing except for allocate the percentage. Uh And in my mind, psychologically, there's a big difference between checking the percentage amount that's going to come out of your paycheck and then actually taking money from your account. That you've already received. Yes. (laughs) And putting it somewhere. There's a huge difference. It's so, like, oh, I never really got it in the first place. Let's just you know, stash this away for the future. Yeah. So I think there's a couple reasons if you have access to a 401k to take advantage. That is, one, the company match. It's free money. Oh, man. The typical company match is if you contribute 6%, your company contributes 3%. So, and there's all sorts. There's some employers are even more generous. And if you put in 6%, they put in 6%. And some employers offer no match at all. If your employer offers a match, take advantage of it and if you don't you're leaving free money on the table it's like a bonus they want to pay you every year that you're just saying no no thanks i'm good just hearing that man like i've never had a 401k my entire life and especially one that matched and to hear you know you and other friends that i have who you know have 401ks with a match oh my gosh man that is like you said it's free money it's a guaranteed return that's the number one thing you do right that's the number one first thing if you have access 
to a 401k with a match, do it. Take advantage of it. Do it now. And take advantage of the full match. And let's say right now you're saving 3% and your employer is only contributing 1.5% because you just haven't gotten it up there. That should be your main focus. Get up to the match. Get up to a 6% uh, savings rate so that you can take full advantage of that match and when you say like six percent what do you, like what is you're talking like six percent of your salary is yeah that, so is that 6% how the work, of your pay works? okay yeah so it's yeah and and like i said employers do it differently but most employers do offer usually a 50 percent match on the first six percent that you put in so if you invest six percent of your salary then they'll invest three percent of your salary like on top of it and you're getting nine percent exactly right off the bat exactly yeah, and you're getting awesome. close to that ten percent <laughs> savings rate that which is, is unreal which yeah. is essentially i think a basic savings rate that you should not go below and, and the other great thing about the 401k is that it's essentially on autopilot you put that money in every month and you forget about it it just kind of comes out you're used to getting a paycheck that's a certain amount and you begin to live on that and you forget that you even have this money. It never enters your bank account at home. So you never even have to You're think really, of it yeah. as being your money in your possession. It's automatically dispersed for you for your future. Okay, Joel. So my question for you is what can you do with that money? Like within that 401k, is it like, do you have the same options that I have with like my account with Vanguard? Well, so it's going to differ depending on the employer that you have. I'm really lucky and my employer gives me access to Vanguard funds. As you'll hear later on, we're both pretty big fans of Vanguard. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't have a uh, employer-sponsored uh, retirement account. And that's who I've chosen as yeah. well, <laughs> so, like on my own. So whoever set up your company's retirement account basically knew what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. and it's, But essentially, it's going to depend on your company. And yeah. everyone out there listening, you're going to have access to different funds than I do. And you're probably going to be with a different company than I am. And you know, maybe some of you are with Vanguard, but some of you might be with Fidelity or T. Rowe Price. Or uh, there's a ton of companies out there that you could be with. Uh, and so uh, later on in the podcast, we'll kind of talk to you about how to choose funds inside of that 401k. But looping back, though, I mean, it's still the number one thing to pay attention to, though, is the match. Because it doesn't matter if the, you know, if it's the, the expense ratios are high or if it doesn't get like that great of a rate. You can't beat a 50% match up to a certain percentage of your salary. Exactly. So that's yeah, you, the number one thing. You can't even pay off credit card debt. You know, your highest credit card debt is probably going to be 25, 29%. So even that is not going to provide quite as good of a return as 50%. Exactly. Yeah, man, you got to take advantage of that. Yeah. So IRAs are next. Everyone has access to an IRA because it's outside of your employer scope. It's literally you and the investing company that you're going through. That's what I have, right? I've, Kate and I both have Roth IRAs. Yeah, and so the difference uh, for people out there that don't know, what's the difference between a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA? So the main difference then between a, a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA is the tax treatment. You're investing into a traditional IRA with pre-tax dollars. And so essentially all of the dollars, all the money that you put into your traditional IRA uh, is tax deductible. Counts against your earned income basically. And the money within that IRA grows tax deferred. And then, you know, when, when you get to the, the point to where you're withdrawing them, that's when you pay your standard taxes on them. And a Roth. Yeah, as opposed to a Roth, which is, it's, I mean, basically you take it and you flip it. So you're paying all the taxes up front. And so they're essentially post-tax dollars. So it's not tax deductible. Um, you take that money and you put it in the account and nothing happens. You know, there's no deduction. There's no tax deduction. 
and that nothing happens except for it grows yeah. like mad in the stock market. <laughs> yes. And then it grows. It grows tax free when the time comes to make those withdrawals um, at 59 and a half. So that's, I mean, that's the biggest difference between the traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. I think for most folks, especially for most listeners who are younger, you want to do a Roth IRA. Like that's, it's just pretty simple right now. And, oh, and especially with the, with the new, uh, with the new tax laws, right? Yeah. So the new tax law changes actually made a Roth IRA even better for young people and for medium income folks. Uh, you, you're going to want to choose a Roth because essentially the tax bracket for people making that sort of income went down. Yeah. So um, middle income earners tax bracket essentially dropped. Yeah. And so right. if you're in that tax bracket where you're, uh, your upper tax rate is 12% now, it used to be 15%. So paying that tax now, uh, as and never having to pay tax ever again, yeah, is a (laughs) great idea. I think a Roth IRA actually only got better and makes more sense. That's insane now. And I think it was great before. I think it was probably the best option before. Oh yeah. So could you imagine now, like literally you you take that money, you know, like money that you earn from your job, you pay 12% on it. And then you invest it, and then you never have to pay tax on that again. It's amazing. Like, in rega- regardless of how many how many years, and that's one of the beauties of a Roth IRA, is that you can hang on to it basically for forever. There's no mandatory withdrawals, and so you can that can cont- continue to, to grow. Versus a traditional IRA, which they require you to take some distributions at seventy and a half. Yeah. So the Roth's got a lot going for it. Pay your tax now. Never pay tax again on it. And I don't want to get too pessimistic, but when you look at the future of taxes in America, like, are you ever going to pay less than 12%? It's unlikely for a lot of reasons. And so a Roth is truly the best way to go in all likelihood. So the one thing about a Roth is it's got a contribution limit. And so if you want to contribute a lot to retirement savings, you won't be able to do that with a Roth. You're capped at being able to invest $5,500 a year inside of a Roth IRA. Yeah, that's like the biggest, and I would say maybe only downside to a Roth IRA is yeah. that they kind of limit, because it's such a sweet you know, vehicle, that's a good way to, to describe it. It's such a good vehicle for retirement savings that they were like, yeah, we're going to have to put a cap on this. <laughs> and there's also you know? a cap. Like, think about it. Like, why would there be a cap on it if, if it wasn't just like the most sweet deal? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the cap actually goes up a little bit. If you're 50 or over, you get to contribute $6,500 a year. But then there's another cap and it's an income cap. And so oh, yeah. if you make over a certain income amount, you are not eligible to contribute to a Roth at all. Yeah. So if you're a baller and you're bringing in like a lot of income... Yeah, the Roth IRA isn't going to be for you. And that's one of the beauties of a regular 401k is that it doesn't have any income limits. You can have a a high income there. So essentially, if you're a mega earner, if you're making more than this amount that the Roth caps you out at, which is $135,000 for single filers and $199,000 for married couples filing jointly, if you're making more money than that, the best way to start allocating your retirement savings is in the 401k because you can contribute a large amount in a 401k up to $18,500 this year. And on top of that, you can also contribute just to a traditional IRA. So use those vehicles first if you make more money than the Roth limits allow. Yeah, Joel. And so let's just briefly maybe touch on SEP, S-E-P, which stands for Simplified Employee Pension. Yeah, those are really cool, especially for a dude like you that works from home, yeah. works for himself. Um, and so it's not something that uh, anybody that has a 
traditional job is going to take advantage of. But for you folks that are working as a contractor, getting 1099 work, working for yourself, you're going to really want to consider a SEP IRA. There's a little more administration, I guess, involved with, with kind of setting those up. And so it's a, you know, there's a little more work involved with it. You know, if you're self-employed or a, a contractor like that, and you're making bank, <laughs> and I'm, I'm talking like if you're looking to put away like $50,000, you, you need to look this up. I'm nowhere near that. So I've never, you know, even really considered a SEP. We're perfectly fine putting away money into our uh, my Roth and Kate's Roth. <laughs> but if you're looking at, yeah, if you've got a really fat year and if you're looking to sort of shelter that money and kind of get that invested, uh, a SEP is definitely something you want to consider. Yeah. So if you're self-employed, look into a SEP, contact someone from Vanguard, you know, do some research, but a SEP IRA is probably going to be one of your best methods if you're going to be able to sock away a large amount of retirement savings all at once in one year, a SEP IRA is an awesome way to do it. Yeah, Joel. So we've talked about some of the different retirement accounts, right? We've talked about the 401k. We've talked about the IRA, the different, the two, you know, two main different IRAs, which is the traditional IRA and then the Roth IRA um, and the SEP. But there's a few others as well that we're not going to even really get into because they're just more detailed and sort of nuanced with, again, they're not, the investing aspect of it isn't complicated. It's just the tax implications that make it slightly more or slightly less favorable. Um, the difference that it'll make for you in the long run, though, versus not starting investing at all is negligible. Yes. <laughs> like the whole reason we're talking about this is because we want to get you guys investing now. Um, don't let the tax implications keep you from getting started. And so just to be honest, like we're two dudes drinking beers that care about this stuff deeply but we're not a Wikipedia article. So if that's what you're interested in, go do some research. But yeah. we want to give you the highlights and then give, give you the information that you can then take and empower yourself to start investing for retirement on your own because it's actually a lot easier than you think. Yeah, Joel, this conversation that we're having is the same conversation that we have with our friends to get them moving and to get them investing. We want to get folks talking about this and we want to get our, our friends investing. This is something that you need to do and don't let the potential of confusion with, with tax law and all this other stuff, don't let that keep you from getting invested. Yeah. The thing is, it's really, it's baby steps. It's not that hard. If you can open up a savings account, you can either start contributing to your 401k or open up a Roth IRA online with some money from your savings account. Yeah. And again, be financially stable first. Make sure you've got enough money in your bank account where you don't need this money next week or next month or next year. Yeah. You want this money to grow for long term. Uh, but if you're ready to make that step, it's not that hard. It's pretty simple. So take the step, make it happen. And that's like, we're, we want to be your kick in the pants. Kick in the pants, okay? <laughs> so listen to this and know, you know what? I can go into work and I can log into my employer system tomorrow and I can up my contributions to my 401k by 3%. Take an action from this podcast that will actually influence the rest of your life. If you up your savings rate for retirement now, if you up your savings rate for retirement now, it's going to have a huge effect uh, huge for impact. you way down the road. Yeah. And it's just as easy to open an account, man. I love like what you said as far as like if you know how to open a savings account online, like with your bank, you know how to open a retirement account, say with Vanguard, uh, which is again we've mentioned them multiple times. But just go with Vanguard. It's you can't go wrong with them. And there's a couple reasons for that that I think we should mention really quickly. Yeah, yeah. 
When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. 
there are some great low-cost advisors out there, right? Uh, there's Charles Schwab, there's Fidelity, there's some great companies. But yeah, Vanguard, those two specifically. Yeah, are, <laughs> but Vanguard in, in particular, Vanguard. there's a reason that we would recommend them over anybody else. And it's because Vanguard is essentially, in investing, what a credit union is to banking. And so when we invest in Vanguard, we own a piece of Vanguard. We are a part of the company in that way. And so because they are essentially this co-op, investing in Vanguard means that they're not out to screw us or to make big profits. And there's nothing wrong with companies making a profit, but there's something really cool about putting your money in a place where that company has your best interest at heart because you are that company to a certain extent. And that's why Vanguard is just completely different than any other investing company. And there are other people because Vanguard's gotten so big, they've got to compete on their level. They've got to compete on cost. But Vanguard started the uh, low-cost investing revolution, and they have perfected it. Yeah, yeah, man. They Their uh, expense ratios, by far, are the lowest out there. I mean, again, comparable to Fidelity and uh, Schwab. But that's... I mean, and, th- and that's what makes makes them so attractive is because when you've got uh, a fund and you're paying a certain expense that expense compounded over years and years and years makes a huge difference down the road and you know it comes down to if you'd rather have that money in your own pocket or in the pocket of a bank so the average expense ratio at vanguard is 0.20% and the industry average is 1.12% and that might sound like very little to you, right? Like 0.2 versus 1.12, whatever. Those are just numbers. No, man, we're talking like tens of thousands of dollars in, in 20 years. We're talking so. hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars in all likelihood over the years. Well, what kind of money you got, man? It's, <laughs> it, I mean, it's amazing when you look at the studies. Literally, uh, the studies that bear out of how important fees are. Uh, Warren Buffett himself in his last shareholder letter said that fees are the most important thing that you should be concerned about mm-hmm. when you're investing. Because those fees over time, just that small difference between 0.2 and 1.12 is great enough to have drastic effects on your retirement. Because of the magic of compounding interest over time, that gap in fees that you'll pay by being at Vanguard instead of being with one of the bigger players that advertises more on TV will have mega effects on how well you can retire. Yeah, and so I mean, if you guys don't know Warren Buffett, I mean, he's like the at this point though, I think like the fourth richest man in the in, like in the world, right? Does does he have anything to do with Vanguard? Like, he doesn't own it or anything, right? No, 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 no. So it like was, his company is uh, Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, and and it, Warren Buffett essentially is this insane I mean, he, anomaly. Yeah, in, he's like a he's he's this uh, investing genius, basically. Literally, yeah, yeah. a guru stock picker, and uh, and that's another thing we need to talk about really quickly is how do you pick the stocks that you're going to invest in? Because we talked about these vehicles, but inside of those vehicles are certainly you want to pick low cost funds, but am I just investing in individual stocks? Do I buy like, you know, 90% Coca-Cola and 10% Facebook or what? Yeah. So these vehicles that that we're talking about, 401k, that's a vehicle, a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA or a SEP. These are all the different vehicles, but within those vehicles, you, that money is in there and then you then purchase funds Mutual or funds, or, funds stocks, or stocks, yep, or ETFs, ex- ex- exchange traded funds, or bonds, and yeah. So let's let's talk about maybe what what we put in ours. Sure. So I will tell you exactly how I'm invested. Yeah, I'm I'm about to as well. <laughs> I'm ready. 
<laughs> inside of my 401k and inside of my IRA, I am fully invested 100% in one fund. That is the Vanguard VTSAX fund, which has an expense ratio of 0.04% and is invested in 3,600 U.S. companies. Uh, so it has... It gives me this diversity. Crazy diverse. Yeah. I mean, basically, it's it's like an entire stock market fund. Like, yeah. it basically, it's meant to mirror the entire stock market. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, any company that's traded on the market. And because I, I don't know if most people know this, but like the Dow Jones, uh, that's often quoted by uh, CNBC or whatever you're watching, uh, the Dow dropped this many points today. Well, the Dow is actually only 30 stocks. I don't know if you knew that. Um, and the S&P 500 would be a much better thing to quote because that's... 500 of the biggest stocks on the U.S. stock market. Uh, and then this VTSAX fund that uh, I invest completely in, every single penny of my funds is in that, uh, is 3,600 U.S. stocks. So it's literally like you can't really get much more diverse than that. Yeah. And actually, 100% of what we have is, or what I'm invested in with my Roth IRA is the ETF equivalent of that, which is VU, which is like V-O-O. Uh, and basically i picked that because i saw an article with warren buffett again this and this is an article from like years ago but he recommended it and it's a quote by him <laughs> again and he was talking specifically to somebody in his company because they're like oh should we buy stock specifically like for berkshire hathaway like you know warren buffett's company and he straight up was like no you shouldn't do that <laughs> instead <laughs> you should do this uh which is you know it's an index fund and again, like, you know, like yours, it's, it's the ETF equivalent. And so it's got an expense ratio of 0.04%, which is, I don't think you can beat that. And you're going to basically outperform anybody that's out there thinking that, oh, well, I know what stocks to pick based on the news or based on some insider info that you have. You're not going to be able to beat those index funds. Right. Yeah. So essentially, Matt, the, the things that you and I are both invested in, they're incredibly similar, almost no difference at all. And the two major factors that make what we're invested in the best are the low expense ratio factor and the broadly diversified factor. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you can pick things that are invested in a wide swath of stocks um, and you also pick something that has an extremely low expense ratio, you're going to do well over time. Those are literally the two most important factors when you're choosing the specific fund or ETF uh, to be invested in inside of those vehicles that we talked about. Yeah. So if you're lucky enough to have a 401k that allows you to, to have access and to purchase Vanguard funds, man, good for you. You like Joel are in a great spot, especially, uh, if you have a match, but otherwise if you're like me and you've got to set up your own account, which is totally easy, but go to a site like Vanguard and open your account there. And so, you know, you'll open your account and then your account's sitting there and then you can fund that account. And if you're scared and you don't know what to do, your money will just sit there as cash. And so I'm just trying to explain basically the system, but like your money is still within that vehicle. It's just sitting there as cash, which isn't great, <laughs> but like that's better than nothing. What we want you to, do, to then do is to take that, you know, take that cash in that account and then purchase some funds uh, like what Joel has, which is the VTSAX fund or mine, which is the um, VOO fund. Yeah. Back to Warren Buffett real quick. He made a bet. The man's a genius. He's a genius. <laughs> and he made a bet against these New York, this New York hedge fund. And they each put up a million dollars. And it was going to go to charity, right? Whoever wins. And the hedge fund was like, we'll kick your butt. We can invest way better than you. 
and nobody can invest better than Warren Buffett. But Warren Buffett said, you know what? I'm going to put all my money in the Vanguard S&P 500 ETF. And so exactly what you're invested in, Matt. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Warren Buffett puts some money in that. The hedge fund puts their money in all sorts of crazy Fancy, concoction. exotic stocks and with high yeah, fees yeah all, all the all the stuff and for about a <laughs> for about like nine months to a year the hedge fund was doing okay they were doing all right then it, it was like i think it was like an eight or ten year bet but for the next like eight or nine years like ten years like, yeah yeah <laughs> and, and it, it, warren buffett proceeds to crush completely crush the competition uh, and it just goes to show you that these incredibly high paid hedge fund managers couldn't even come close to competing with this amazing, low-cost, broadly diversified ETF that just mirrors the stock market. It, there are so many good reasons for investing specifically in something low-cost and well-diversified. We could do a whole show just on that, and we probably will at some yeah, point. Yeah, we will. Yeah. <laughs> and something else that uh, he'll say too is that you want a dollar-cost average when you buy, right? Which is like, that means not taking all your money and just dumping it all at once and then not touching it again for another 10 years. Like you do that if you're going to bet a million bucks with some hedge fund managers. Uh, but what you and I do uh, is that every month, basically, you have a set amount that you are buying into that fund. So even if if it goes up some, well, you you know you buy a little, you got to buy a little bit less because it costs more. But then like the next month when it dips down, you, your money goes a lot further. And so basically, what happens is you your prices average out. Yeah, and I think there's uh, some good reason for dollar cost averaging, but I also think. Uh, there's good wisdom too. The sooner you get in, the better. Um, and so if you have a lump sum to put in all at one time, let's say it's five grand or 10 grand or something like that. I don't think that's a huge deal. I think it's okay to go all in all at once. Yeah. When you're talking 30 years, yeah. like 20, 30 years, I mean, it'll be, you're, you'll be fine. Yeah. Who cares? But overall that works best for most people anyway, because let's say, you know, you're getting paid every two weeks, you know, put in a small chunk every two weeks. And so that's, kind of the way that most people are set up in their 401k or, uh, you know, just, uh, the great thing about Vanguard is, you know, in your Roth IRA, you can say, you know what, take this amount out in and buy this particular ETF or mutual fund on this day of the month. And so it's pretty sweet. You can set it up and it's super simple and it just kind of comes out like any one of your other bills, except for that's not a bill that's going towards your future. So Matt, how does this differ from like stock trading and like, you know, day trading was really popular for a few years back then. Back like, in the 90s? Yeah. Late 90s, right before the uh, dot com. And there's still people doing it. And there's actually a lot more people doing it now. With, uh, yeah, with Bitcoin. People are like all over. Well, with Bitcoin. Uh, and that's just like the, a whole another podcast, man. I don't want to get into it. Yeah. Oh, just the general <laughs> rise of the stock market, you know, oh, the stock market's super hot. Let me start borrowing money to so, invest. So yeah, we invest in the stock market like we do with real estate, which is we very much take a buy and hold long-term approach to it. You can try to take advantages and time the market and the system. Uh, you know what you um, with what you see are these like short term swings, and sure you might make a buck here and there, but you also it's crazy high risk. And when we're talking about our retirement, we are not in the business to take risks. We're just looking for a long, steady growth where you know where the the tortoise wins every time. Yeah, and uh, again, our mentality is set it and forget it. So yeah. keep putting in. Keep doing it. Keep buying. And Keep you know buying. what? I think John Bogle said this, who is the founder of Vanguard, a brilliant man who has changed life for America as we know it, like for real. Uh, I don't think that's an overstatement. He said, essentially, contribute to your 401k for 40 years. Just keep doing it and never check your balance. And then when you retire, open up that envelope to see what your balance is and you will be flabbergasted. You'll be shocked. Um, and he's right. 
that's the best way to do it. Don't look at it. Don't tinker with it. Don't toy with it. Just invest in it. And then after 40 years or 30 years, hopefully you'll be retiring. Maybe maybe 20. Sooner than 40. Uh, But after doing that, you're going to be a rich person. And uh, you're going to be well off. If you continue to run the race, continue to put the money in, you're going to be well off. And like I said, Matt, the fund that I'm particularly invested in is invested in over 3,600 stocks, trading individual stocks, buying Coca-Cola or Apple or Facebook. Uh, Or Tesla. Yeah. That's like the hot one right now, man. You know what looked good to buy 30 years ago? Xerox. There's so many of those stocks that you're like, man, that this company can never fail. Uh, th- this company's good to go for a long time. But things change. And nobody knew that Google or Facebook or Apple was going to do what they've done. But that's why you don't make one stock bets. And so you put your money across the broad market spectrum. And if somebody loses, you barely lose. And if somebody wins, you share in that win. Do not start betting your retirement on individual companies that's when you're bound to fail. Excellent. Nice, man. Yeah, so uh, back to the beers, because we're drinking two beers from Ironmonger Brewing Company today. I'm mostly just drinking one. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. That Anvil uh, Double IPA. I'm at the very bottom of of that over here, and then I've got got a little bit left of the Damascus, which is also also very good. Yeah, the uh, Damascus is great. The Anvil is perfect. For 8.6%, man, like you really don't taste that. And you could, I mean, I think we drank, both drank our pints. Mine's gone uh, really quickly. It was so good. You enjoyed yours maybe more than mine for once. For once. Man, their beers are great. I love getting a crowler. And uh, thanks to Ironmonger for providing the beers tonight. All right, man. So let's do a quick recap then on what we talked about today. All right. There's a couple vehicles that you need to know about when you're considering investing Uh, And by the way, investing is simpler than you think it is. Uh, And that's why we did this podcast. So the vehicles, the 401k, that is the main vehicle. If you work at a job and your employer says, we're going to offer you a retirement account, it's a 401k. And most employers will offer you a match in addition. So if you put in a certain percentage of your pay, they will put in a certain percentage in addition. Yeah. So if they are offering that match, take it every single time. That is the number one thing you need to do is get that match. You will not find a better return on your money anywhere. Yeah. So after the 401k or say your company doesn't provide a 401k or you might be self-employed, the next thing you want to look at are IRAs, whether that be a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. For most folks, especially with our current tax law that's passed, you need to look at a Roth IRA. Yeah. A Roth IRA is awesome. It means you are getting taxed on your income now, but you never, ever, ever pay tax on that money ever again, even the growth of those funds. Yeah, it does have a contribution limit of 5,500. So you might hit that maximum, uh, that cap pretty soon, but definitely do that first. And then you can start looking at a traditional IRA. And those are the vehicles, but let's quickly talk about the passengers in that vehicle. Those are low cost, well diversified funds. I personally am invested 100% in Vanguard VTSAX funds. You can look that up on Google, on Vanguard's site. Almost no cost to it at all. And invested in 3,600 U.S. stocks. It's incredible. You can't get much better than that. Yeah, the uh, ETF, which is an exchange-traded fund, which is basically, just think of it as an equivalent to to what Joel mentioned. I'm invested in VOO, pretty much the exact same thing except that there's a lower bar of entry there. Yeah. So the best thing to do 
Invest today. Yeah, get started, guys. Don't wait. And that's the biggest mistake people make is waiting. Yeah, I'll get to that next week, tomorrow, whatever. Uh, and it never comes. Yeah. So start investing now. It's not going to get easier. Nope. And uh, make sure you're financially prepared for it because you don't want to touch this money when you put it away for at least 20 years, right? So this is long-term money we're talking about. Uh, but there's nothing better that you can do to start saving for your future than investing in low-cost mutual funds or ETFs through a company like Vanguard today. Yeah. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Our home on the web is howtomoney.com. Check it out. We'll have some show notes up there for you. Uh, don't forget to review and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, Joel. Best friends out. Best friends out. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.